Quantum Kingdom Life and Virtual Church Community. Virtualchurchcommunity.com is our public Facebook page that anybody can access. And you can also access our ministry site at virtualchurchmedia.com. Virtualchurchmedia.com. I'm David. This is my lovely wife, Joanna. And there's the Queen's Wave. There we are. And we are the Herobedians. And we welcome you tonight. We're going to have a fun teaching. And God's going to set you free tonight in two ways. One, he's going to reveal the revelation of hope deferred. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is like a tree of life. Proverbs 13, 12 says, but also God wants to give you double for your trouble. By the way, we're in a live audience tonight. Everybody say hello. Hello. Those real people. That was not, you know, a little button. But uh, we uh, we meet on Wednesday nights here, a public gathering, and you're more than welcome to come if you're in the Orlando area on a Wednesday night. We meet around 7 p.m. We have worship in advance and ministry time from 7 to 7:45, and then we get on uh, Facebook Live, and people watch remotely. These also go on to. YouTube and uh, Vimeo and also a podcast on SoundCloud. And so you can visit uh, uh, davidsyoutube.com. That will take you to our YouTube channel. You can uh, visit uh, davidsvimeo.com. That will take you to our Vimeo channel. You can visit uh, davidstiktok.com. You can go to our TikTok channel. You can visit David's uh, Radio. I think that's our uh, podcast channel. And we bought a bunch of Davids one day, and I was like, I can't believe these are all available. It's just crazy. <laughs> We've got davidspodcast.com. We've got uh, davidstiktoksplural.com, which takes you to a, a showcase on Vimeo. It's just kind of fun. So uh, David's Reels. David's, uh, it just goes on and on. I bought about 14 David's names, and they're just all available. I don't know. I just had that quickening of the Holy Spirit, so we, we own those. And we did that so that it's simpler to get to that location. So David's YouTube.com. So uh, you can also go to Joanna'sMall.com. She's got a whole mall of you know amazing stuff as you know she's a pageant queen and really cool stuff to buy. But anyway, that's another conversation. We're gonna get into hope deferred and double for your trouble. How many would like to receive double for all the trouble you've been through? You can say oh, yeah. How many would like to receive nothing for all the trouble you've been through? Uh, pretty quiet in this Presbyterian church. How many would like to receive double punishment for what you've been through? Now, well, guess what? All three are available, and you, not God, gets to choose whether you get double punishment, nothing for your trouble, or double for your trouble. Because when we stay single-minded on the Lord... We get double for our trouble. Proverbs or uh, Romans eight twenty eight says God works all things together for good for those that love Him that are called according to His purpose. You know it says uh, all things work together for good. But if you look in the original language, it's really God is the one that orchestrates and works the things together for good. So you could have flour, you could have sugar, you could have milk, you could have chocolate chips. And individually, the chocolate might be okay, but it might be bitter, sweet chocolate, not so good. And then you might have milk, it's good, but alone, or just some flour, it just doesn't taste right, and maybe some sugar is too sweet. But when you mix them together and you put them at 350 in the oven, you bake a wonderful cake with them. And then everybody enjoys. So God is baking a birthday cake for you. And you may be feeling like you're just eating raw flour or 
you know, bittersweet chocolates or just some, some milk. But if you'll let God work things together for good, what he'll do is he'll present you with the joyous cake and you'll enjoy in his presence the gift. So let's get into it. We're going to talk first about Hope Deferred. Hope Deferred makes the heart sick. Now I just want to share a little background with you. The way the Lord taught me about Hope Deferred was not the way I would have liked to have. And I learned Hope Deferred not from a book. And I've written a book called Hope Deferred. And you can get it on, I think, hopedefferredvideo.com. You can download it for free. I think I put it up there with a video. Deferred Hope book. I, I don't know. It's another. David's Hope Deferred book. We'll get that one next. Yeah. So anyway, long story short. <laughs> I was uh, minding my own business in federal prison doing 22 years, and, and I was about 15 years into my prison bit, and I was in the Lord. I was teaching Bible study. I'd repented. I got born again in 1990 in Leavenworth Penitentiary, where if you're not right with God, you're always just one heartbeat away from hell. And there I was in Leavenworth in 1990 in Building 63, where the bird man actually had his birds. It wasn't in Alcatraz. It was in Leavenworth Kansas in building 63. It was the dungeon of dungeons. I was locked inside the prison. And I don't really, you know, not so good prosecutor at that time. Hunted. I hugged him later, 30 years later. Give him how release the presence of God. That's another story. But anyway, so Jesus visited me in 1990. I was radically transformed in response to my mother's prayers. And I had joy while incarcerated. In fact, when I would take prison ID pictures, I would smile. And the guards would get angry. What are you smiling about, Arabian? I said, just happy to be here, sir. You know, people would say, hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? How you doing today? Excellent. If I got any better for me, it'd have to be twins just to contain the joy. How you doing today? Oh, I'm doing excellent. If you got any better for me, I'd have to take something for it to calm me down. Arabian, what are you on? I said, I can tell you what I'm on. There's no high like the most high. If you want, I can introduce you to it. I can give you a new drug. This one won't make you sad, and it won't make you Jones for other stuff. It'll make you Jones for more of Jesus. Ah, get away from me. Get away from me. But they would come to me by night, like Nicodemus by night came to Jesus. And eventually when they were at a place, they would remember joy. You know, joy is contagious, and it rubs off. The anointing comes by association. Be careful who you hang around. You might become like them. That's right. Or if you're hanging around happy people, you'll become happy. It is contagious. Laughter is contagious. Joy is contagious. And so, so is sadness and depression. So, you know, bad company corrupts good manners and good company promotes good manners. Because it's easy to be joyful around other people that are joyful. And it's easy to be said, do you know that a negative thought Actually, a person will ruminate on a negative experience five times more than they will on a positive one. So how was your day, honey? Oh, they focus on one item from the day. By the time they're done ruminating on that, the negative, you find out it was really a fabulous day. And you're like, why would a person talk about all the negative that happened? And five times more, it's kind of like five is the number of grace. That would be reverse grace by the enemy. It's the devil's grace to focus on the negative versus the positive. But you can have what you say. You can have what you focus on. So the old time, so here's what happened. So I'm 15 years into my prison bed. And all of a sudden, hope deferred starts to slip in on me. 
and I start to hear a voice in my head, where is the promise of his coming? He delivered others. Why hasn't he delivered you? God doesn't love you. And I'm like, I'm God's favorite, you know? But you do that dance with the enemy for three years and it'll wear you down. And one year I wrote 11 winning appeals for prisoners. I was a jailhouse lawyer and, you know, had an anointed ink pen. So 11 cases were won in a single year. It was actually like eight months. God had just given me this anointing on my ink pen. And it's like when God would set up the prisoner to come to me. And, you know, some of these people had not even repented. And God delivered in response to their mother's prayers. And the year that I won 11 cases and the Lord told me now shift, get out of the law work, go into the church and people are going to pipe piper and follow you into church to hear about Jesus. And signs and wonders broke out that year. I went on a 21 day fast. We were at the medical center for federal prisoners in uh, Springfield, Illinois, or Springfield, Missouri. It's about 850 prisoners. There were 450 were work cadre. The other 400 were uh, medical prisoners. I mean, they were, you know, Renal failure, you know, kidney failure, heart failure, cancer, AIDS, psychiatric. I'd go down the hall and there'd be guys that were on Thorazine, Prolix, and Haldol doing the Haldol shuffle. I'm not making fun of it, just that's what it was. And, they, you know, their eyes were glazed over. And if you don't know what those are, look up Haldol, look up Thorazine, look up Prolix. And, and they would juice guys up for like the 30-day shot. And they would lock him in their cell. And after about three or four days, they'd let him out and they'd go down the hall and uh, they want like caffeine or nicotine just to like lift them out of that drug state and be like, coffee, coffee, cigarette, cigarette. So I pull one aside, can I pray for you? And I pray for them and the demons would literally shake out of their body, that spirit of pharmacia. They'd be like, whew, oh, thanks. And so that was 10 building in Springfield, Missouri, which was the psychiatric ward. And then there was... The death ward. God did some miracles on the death ward one day. And I talked about it on a Sid Roth broadcast. And it's, uh, it's all kinds of stuff. Mafia dons came to Christ. But healing miracles would happen. But anyway, that year that God anointed my ink pen to win 11 cases in the feds. And I don't know if you know how hard it is to win in the feds, let alone 11. I don't know any lawyer on the outside that won 11 cases in a single year. <coughs> In their whole history, in effect. I mean, they, they joke. I remember, <laughs> I remember my attorney in, in Miami on my third indictment on the same evidence uh, over a period of four years, eleven months, and twenty-seven days. But you know, who's counting? But three days before the statute of limitations ran out, I got indicted a third time, and I'd already been serving the Lord about four years. And I'm thinking, I must have won my case. I must be going back, you know, and find out it's odd, ad prosequendum, not you know. Anyway, I'm like, what do you mean I'm indicted again? It's been over five years. Well, they indicted me, sealed the indictment, and released it afterwards. It was a left-handed compliment. The prosecutor like wrote me a personal letter, kind of been caught on some perjury and some other stuff with helping evidence, you know, which is kind of common in that, that, that arena. It's kind of celebrated, I guess. I don't know. They don't really play by the rules, but true story. And so he wrote me this personal letter on U.S. Attorney Letterhead that he was resigning not because of anything I said against him in federal court. He was leaving on his own free volition. It had nothing to do with me. And I'm thinking, why am I getting a personal letter from a prosecutor, not, not through my attorney? And I thought, well, that's interesting. So three months later, he got me indicted in another jurisdiction. But God works all things together for good. 
And as I went down there, a big revival broke out. And that was like when God began to anoint my ink pen in Miami. I was down there 15 months. About 200 people came to the Lord. There was a guy in a wheelchair. had been there since he was seven years old. God healed him in one of the services. The power of God spilled out. And uh, it was just an amazing time. It was after Hurricane Andrew in 1992. They were rebuilding the prison. There was like pieces missing and putting things back together and Anyway, so a revival broke out. God worked it together for good. And then God, you know, uh, delivered me from that case. And so after 15 months, I went back to the other location. But my point is this. God was showing up in miraculous ways throughout the whole thing. And what happened was the year that I won 11 cases for other inmates, either time reductions, immediate releases. Some people had their cases reversed and they were no longer convicted felons. And remember, not everybody that got delivered even repented or accepted Jesus. One Muslim guy was very, very uh, disrespectful to women. I'd hear him on the phone. And I said, you know, and I asked him about that. He said, no, God put women here for our pleasure. And I'm like, even your mom? And he said, don't talk about my mom. I said, well, she's somebody's daughter. You know, and he's like, anyway, he would bring me like sandwiches out of the kitchen. But he ended up winning his case. And I'd written that and he got out. And he went out and disrespected women again. And he was murdered in a barber chair by his ex-wife, who he had abused. And it was like a month and a half after he got out. And somebody came and brought me the newspaper. And I looked and it was him. She was so afraid that he was going to abuse her again, she killed him before he could abuse her. And so his mother prayed him out of prison. And use my God used my ink pen, but he wouldn't repent. I begged him. I, I beg you today, if you don't know the Lord, receive him into your life. Don't wait. Tomorrow is not promised. It could be a car accident, anything. You you could be called. I just got a call from a friend of mine. And I said, hey, how are things going? And he said, well, not very good. He says, I just called 911. He says, I think I'm having a heart attack. And I said, my wife, I said, Joanna. I said, please get off the phone. This is an emergency. We pray. We're declaring. And as we were praying, the presence and peace of God came in. I thought, we're in really good shape. You know, the presence has come in. We've got the peace of God. And so paramedics arrived about 10 minutes later. He said, I'm going to get off the phone, save my battery life. He was articulate, coherent. He even got up and opened the door for them. And so uh, I called him a couple hours later. I hadn't heard from him to find out the status. You know, is he going to need surgery? We'll come visit you. This and that. And so, didn't hear back. And so, uh, left him a message, you know, give me a call. So then I text message him about another hour later. And I get this text message back. This is the hospital. And uh, please accept our call. We're calling now. I'm thinking, okay, I'll get an update. So I answered the phone. And I said, hey, I asked him my name. And they said, no, 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 this is the hospital administrator. And I said, well, how's so-and-so doing? And they said, well, uh, I said, is he there? And they said, no, 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 I, he's not here. I said, well, what's his status? They said, well, we took him down to the cath lab, the catheter lab for heart. And uh, then he, uh, he coded, and then he passed. I, I, I said, excuse me? They said, well, he coded and he passed. I said, passed is in, passed away? And they said, yeah, we're sorry to inform you of that. Do you know his next of kin? Thinking you're in your phone, and I gave the names of the children. I said, I understand HIPAA laws. And I said, okay. And I got off the phone in eternity. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow is not promised. You just don't know. Mm -hmm. 
So if you're not in that place, make that choice. It's the best decision you'll ever make. Does that mean all your problems will go away? No, you'll just have somebody to walk with you through the problems. That's nice, huh? Okay, so what happened was, here I am, fast forward to 2005 to 2008, and I'm in Leavenworth Camp. I started in Leavenworth Penitentiary in 1990, 2005 to 2008. I'm in Leavenworth Camp, and hope deferred starts to set in, but I don't know what hope deferred is. I just know I had this, like, talon, felt like it was going into my back, and I'd try to read the Bible, and I'd be in back pain. It felt like I had cancer or something in my back. And I didn't know what was going on. I would try to pray in the spirit and it would just like, and it would just like fizzle. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm teaching Bible study, healing the sick, casting out demons, encouraging people. And here's what happened. And back backtrack just for a second. So after I won those 11 cases in 1995, I lost my own case. And a guy that was a third time offender at mail call, and his attorney actually blocked me from filing an addendum to the appeal, saying that, you know, he's represented by counsel and this motion is to be stricken. I had to work around the attorney who was blocking this piece of case law that I found. The appeals court accepted it and then reversed the case. He went from 15 years, 8 months to 33 to 37 months, went back to court as a third-time offender and gets released. Mm -hmm. That day, he won his appeal, and I'd been waiting for my results. And that day at mail call, I got my appeal notification, and I opened it up, and it said one word, denied. Yeah. Procurium opinion, non-citable, non-publishable case law. What you don't know is the government's key witness had been indicted for perjury, <coughs> premised upon a testimony against me, and was later convicted for perjury. And I did it really an extra, I had a plea agreement for two years. They gave me 22, indicted me again. They gave me an agreement for five years, concurrent, to make it go away. The judge died. The hanging judge got my case, gave me 22 years. They concealed evidence, withheld it. I did an extra 12 years based on perjured testimony. And the day that my appeal on the perjury was denied, the person the third time offender, was granted and they went free. And I heard the voice of the enemy in my ear. He delivered others, but he hasn't delivered you. He doesn't love you. Where is the promise of his coming? And I went upstairs and I sat on my bed knowing that if something didn't change, this is 1997, I wouldn't be released until September of 2008. That's another 11 years. And I'd only served eight years at that point. Deferred hope. I battled it. I pushed it off. And it wasn't until 2005 that the enemy started to do the full court press and start to come in on me. And it was a three-year battle. The Old Testament, Book of Wisdom says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Proverbs 13, 12, that's King James Version. The NIV says, New International Version, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled, a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And then the New Living Translation says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when dreams come 
true, fulfilled dreams come true. There's life and joy. Life and joy. King Solomon, the oldest, the wisest Old Testament king said this in Proverbs 4.23, New King James Version. Keep your heart with all diligence or protect your heart or guard your heart with all diligence for out of your heart spring all the other issues of life. And if the enemy can make your heart become sick through hope deferred, all your other decision-making that springs forth from that can become polluted or perverted. If we fail to guard our hearts, hope deferred can creep in and cause our hearts to become sickened. The other issues that spring forth in and through our life will likely become negatively affected, polluted, or even perverted. The three-phase strategy, there's a three-phase strategy of hope deferred. This is how the enemy works us. Number one, life's very real circumstances that contradict the promises of God. Life's very real circumstances that contradict, you are the healed of the Lord, I'm sick. You are the healed of the Lord, I'm sick. God's called you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I'm broke, can't pay my bills. Hope deferred, is this thing real? When we work the word, the word will work for us. When the enemy works us, the word won't work for us. He said before us, life and death, blessing or cursing, we get to choose this day. But remember, life circumstances may hand you flour. Life circumstances may hand you milk. Life circumstances may hand you baking powder. Life circumstances may hand you bittersweet chips. Life circumstances may hand you sugar. And once you see them all together, God will give you the combination that will unlock the cake that he's given you. It just shows up in a different form. But if you ask him for wisdom instead of complaining about, what am I going to do with this flour? What am I going to do with some bittersweet chips? What am I going to do with some baking powder? This is no good for me. You have the miracle in your house sometimes, and you just have to ask for wisdom on how to put it together. So number one, life's very real circumstances that contradict the promises of God. At that point, a stronghold begins. Number two, the negative mindset that develops that is contrary to the Word of God. The negative mindset that develops that's contrary to the Word of God is the second phase of hope deferred. Then anger, frustration, disillusionment, and hopelessness start to set in. You know how I felt when that guy won his case, third-time offender? And I lost mine? I had a flash thought when I saw that piece of paper. It was a demon that gave me a flash image. And I won't repeat what that image was. But it wasn't my thought that the enemy was trying to get me to come into agreement. So sometimes, you know, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can certainly keep them from building a nest in your hair. And so not every thought that you have is yours. Take every thought captive under the obedience of Christ, casting down vain imaginations and every high and pretentious thing that contradicts the knowledge of God. 2 Corinthians Chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. Okay, so very very real circumstances that contradict the promises of God, number one. Number two, negative mindset that develops that is contrary to the word of God. And number three, a demon spirit that comes to oppress our minds and sicken our hearts against God is the third phase of hope deferred. The devil will sit back and watch real circumstances. Then he'll come in and try to give you negative mindset. But once he sees the first two prongs in place... That's when he comes in because he has an invitation. The door is open. And you've invited him in. There's an old song. Don't let the devil ride. Don't let the devil ride. Because if you let him ride, 
You want to drive? Don't let him ride. Don't let him flag you down. Because if he flags you down, he'll turn your life around. Don't let him ride. So once a demon spirit that comes in to oppress our minds and sicken our hearts against God, this is where the heart becomes sick, polluted, or bitter. People become sarcastic. Sarcasm is really rooted in anger. So if you find yourself sarcastic, it's really a spirit of anger. King Solomon, the wisest Old Testament king, as we said, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. If we fail to guard our hearts, hope deferred can creep in and cause our hearts to become sickened. Okay, so there's a three-ply cord, a three-ply cord, a triple braided cord is not easily broken. We want to have uh, agreement with somebody on earth and have Christ in the center. Two agree as anything they to agree in prayer is touching anything on earth. It will be done for them by our Father which is in heaven. When we're in agreement with somebody in prayer, and those people are in agreement with the Holy Spirit, you're going to get that thing answered. That's why sometimes when you're praying, find somebody that's spirit-filled to agree with you in prayer. And if you can't find somebody who's spirit-filled to agree with you in prayer, you may need some spirits cast out of yourself or an old mindset because a spirit-filled Christian is going to say, that doesn't really witness with me what you're asking. I think you need to forgive that person. I think you need to do, all of a sudden you get that stuff dealt with. Then you pray, bam, it happens. Say so, so a triple braided cord also works the opposite direction on the demonic side. Mm -hmm. So when these three elements of deferred hope come into play, life's very real circumstances, the negative mindset that develops, and the demon spirit that comes in, this becomes a triple braided cord or a three-ply cord that's not easily broken, Ecclesiastes 4.12. At this point, we need supernatural deliverance from heaven to set us free. The ironic part is once we get to this third stage of bondage with deferred hope, we usually don't even realize we've been trapped and brought into captivity by the enemy of our souls because we become so bitter at that point and a stronghold's developed. We just take as acceptable our lot in life instead of rising up coming against us. There's a saying that I believe through this last couple of years we've been through is true. It is far easier to deceive a person than it is to convince a deceived person that they've been deceived. It's far easier to deceive a person than it is to convince a deceived person that they've been deceived. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, if I become your enemy because I tell you the truth. And sometimes you tell somebody the truth and they're like really offended by it. Matter of fact, I think they crucified Jesus because of the truth. In fact, they called Jesus Prince Beelzebub, Prince of the Devils. He's the Son of God, and they called him the Prince of Devils. You do your miracles by Beelzebub, the Prince of Devils. He says, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Yet they said, crucify him, crucify him. It's easier to deceive a person than to convince a person who's deceived that they are actually deceived. Statistics on hope deferred. You ready for this? Depression rates tripled in adults during the pandemic. The divorce rate has increased by 300% in the last 30 years. By the way, marriage ends two ways. Divorce or death. Wow, that's exciting. <laughs> but let me tell you what, marriage is the greatest thing on the planet when you find the right person. Amen? So if you're a guy, go find your missing rib. 
That's right. I'd rather be single than be married to the wrong person. It pays to wait. And if you're, you know, married, you're with the right one. If you're not married, don't make a mistake. Don't let the devil down. Don't let her flag you down. If she flags you down, she'll turn your life around. Don't let her ride. Don't let her ride. Don't let him flag you down either. This is, uh, it, it works both ways. Anyway, the divorce rates increased by 300% the last 30 years. 50% time, 50 of first-time marriages end in divorce. 60% of remarriages end in divorce. 74% of third marriages end in divorce. Don't be Tammy, why not? Okay. There are currently 2.5 million divorces every year in our nation. Suicide rates. Oh, this is a great statistic. The youth suicide rate has tripled in the last 35 years. Suicide is the third leading cause of death among young people in America. Suicide is the tenth leading cause of death among all age groups. 25% of high school students seriously consider suicide every year. That's one-fourth of them. Psychiatric admissions account for 25% of all hospital admissions. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. The reason we give these statistics is we want to highlight the importance of recognizing this spirit in operation in our lives. I didn't know what it was 15 years into my prison, but fought it three years. And finally what happened was I called a friend of mine, a healing minister, and his wife answered the phone. I said, Lee, I said, I said, Doris, I said, is Lee there? And she said, no, he's not. And I said, oh, I really felt prompted to call. And she says, well, what do you need to leave for? I said, I just want him to pray for me. She said, well, okay, I can pray for you. I said, okay. She says, what do you need hope of, you know, prayer for? And I told her what I was feeling. She says, well, how long has this been going on? I said, about three years. She says, and you're just asking for a prayer now? And I said, well, it's gotten really tough the last six months. She said, six months? Don't be afraid to ask somebody else for a prayer. Just because you're a strong believer doesn't mean that you're called to stand on your own. We're better together. And the prayer of agreement is powerful. One can put a thousand to flight, two can chase 10,000. And I said, yeah, I said, yeah, I've had this pain in my back, this and that, I've had difficulty praying. It just feels, you know, something's not right. And she said, oh, let me pray for you. And she said, I pray for David, Lord. She said, oh my, oh my. You're suffering from deferred hope. I thought, what is deferred hope? She said, deferred hope? I break your power right now in the name of Jesus. Like a rubber band broke off of me instantly. I was like, oh, I can breathe. I was like, oh. And she said, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is like a tree of life. I release a desire fulfilled, which is like a tree of life. And instantly the infledding mind of Christ came and I saw things from a different perspective. No longer was I on the earthen perspective looking up at the circumstances of a 22-year prison sentence. No longer was I there. Suddenly I was, from an aerial standpoint, looking down where the Lord sits in the heaven and laughs at the wicked. He'll have them in derision. And I saw heaven's more eternal perspective. Now here's what's interesting. It didn't change my circumstances one iota. But my perspective and mindset on him changed instantly. And I was free in an instant. And now my attitude was an attitude of gratitude because attitude determines altitude. How high are you flying? So that's how I got set free from hope deferred. It drew me into the Bible and I began to study 
the scriptures on this hope deferred thing. And I found out from Genesis to Revelation, everybody goes through it. Lot's daughters had hope deferred. They were out of Sodom and Gomorrah. They didn't have husbands anymore. And they got their dad drunk and slept with him and created two incestuous nations through the unions. Hope deferred caused them to become incestuous. Wow. Do you know how many stories of hope deferred are in scripture? Hope deferred in the wilderness with the children of Israel. They wanted to go back to Egypt, back into bondage. At least we know how many bricks we got to make a day. At least our food is available. We'll have lots of pots of meat, boiled onions, garlic, leeks, garlic. We're good. Just We'd rather be factory workers and free. How many ways can you eat manna? How many ways can you cook manna? Poached manna. Dried manna. Fried manna. I'm tired of manna. Give me some quail. They died with it in their mouth. The Israelites, during the Roman reign of uh, Jesus' day in Jerusalem, had hope deferred so bad, 30,000 zealots died fighting against the government. They died on crosses. Jesus was just one of 30,000. He just happened to be the most important one that died for the world. Effects of hope deferred on pastors. 70% of pastors said they'd regularly fight depression. 70%. 7 out of 10 pastors fight depression. Why? Because of this hope deferred spirit. 80% of children of pastors seek professional help for depression. Be kind to PKs, preacher kids. They got a lot of warfare on them because if the pastor gets distracted with the child, we'll take care of the flock. And if the pastor's child ends up committing suicide, it'll derail him in ministry. This is spiritual warfare. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge, Hosea 4, 6 says. Because we're destroyed... For knowledge, we get destroyed. The devil's ability to keep us defeated is commensurate or equal to his ability to keep us ignorant. That's why we come together and have these studies. And we learn from one another's experiences and from the scriptures. 50% of pastors stated that they would leave the ministry if they could, but they can't find another way to make a living. (laughs) You know what? About once a month on a Monday morning, I want to quit the ministry. I do. Take that thought captive. Go cast out some demons, heal the sick, and go back at it. (laughs) Effects of depression. Serious depression is equivalent to smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. I don't smoke. But if you allow that depression to come in through hope deferred, you're going to feel like you did. (laughs) Depression doesn't take a toll on your physical heart, but it takes a toll on your spiritual man first, and then it can affect your physical heart. (laughs) Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Anyway... The good news is this. The same way that God delivered me in an instant after three years of hope deferred, he's going to deliver you tonight as we move into the second part of the teaching. We're going to get double for our trouble because we remain single-minded and we break through hope deferred and we get double for our trouble. Isaiah 61, 7 says, Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance, and so they will inherit a double portion in their land, an everlasting joy will be theirs. Isaiah 61, 7. Double or nothing. Zechariah 9, 12. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope, for even today I declare that I will restore double 
to you. How many want double for your trouble? Oh, yeah. Job 42.10. Remember Job went through some stuff? He went through some hope deferred. He lost it all, baby. He had worse than a bankruptcy. He lost all 10 kids. Job 42.10. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. He got double of everything back except children. He only got 10 more of those. Do you know why he only got 10 children back? And he got twice as much back of everything else? Because he already had 10 in heaven. Build up your treasure in heaven. Amen? Matthew 6.22, Jesus speaking, The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, if thine eye be single, single-minded, Thy whole body shall be full of light. King James Version. James 1.8. Ready for this? Double for your trouble. Or double or nothing. James 1.8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. James 1.6-8. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavers back and forth vacillates is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So if we're single-minded, we get double for our trouble. If we're double-minded, we get nothing for our trouble. Nada. Zeros con avalanza. Narancas. Revelation 18, 4 through 7. Then I heard another voice from heaven say, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins so that you will not receive any of her plagues, for her sins are piled up to heaven, and God has remembered her crimes. Revelation 18, 6. Give back to her as she has given. We reap what we sow. Pay her back double for what she's done. Mix her a double portion of her own cup. Give her as much torture and grief as the glory and luxury she gave herself. Do you want to receive double for your trouble? God wants to give it to you today. <clears throat> we remain single-minded through the hope deferred test, knowing that he's the God that works everything together for good. And it's his promise. You know, one day I was in prayer and we were having a Bible study on 40 Highway in Independence, Missouri. And the maximum amount of people we'd have was 40 people. Signs and wonders would happen on Friday nights and People were real generous in the offering plate. They thought it wasn't a bad show for a buck, you know. And I'm thinking, why am I doing this? Torturing myself. God kept showing up. The power of God would fall. People wouldn't support the ministry until I left town. Now I'm popular back there. But at the time, I guess familiarity bred contempt. But what happened was this. God kept that place small. His power came in. We saw dental miracles, surgical metal bed, people come out of wheelchairs, knees healed, cancer dry up, deaf ears pop open, the power of God would fall. People would get rocked in the Lord. We'd teach every Friday night. And I put my $149 Best Buy Flip Minnow 720p state-of-the-art HD quality camera with the one button red button technology I was the guy that pushed the button and ran around and started the thing. And that, that night I would 
get it and I would offload it and I would upload it on three quarters of a megabyte upload speed. It would take 36 hours to upload that video on DSL. And I did that for five years and nothing went viral. And I was getting hope deferred then. And I said, God, you are the Romans 828 God. I wanna know because you work all things together for good. You told me to do this. I dated the ministry my first five years out. People thought I was gay. I was waiting on the Lord. And then I met my bride-to-be, who's now Miss America, no really. Amen? And now people know that I am gay. I'm happy. Filled with the glory and the joy of the Lord. It pays to wait double for my trouble. Anyway, so finally what happened was this. I said, Lord, what is this? When I'm out in the marketplace, people get healed. You deliver them. Miracles are taking place. People with compression fractures and blown discs are getting healed. And the ministry is not growing and nothing's going on. I don't understand. I need to know because you are the Romans 828 God. And I haven't seen the manifestation, but I know your word is true. I need understanding. And it was like a USB was plugged into my head and I got a download. And in the download, the Lord showed me. He spoke to me. He said, virtual church. And I said, virtual church. And he put in the USB in the spirit and I got this download. And for the next 36 hours, I fasted and prayed. I went on the internet and I could not believe what was coming to the world with the virtual church. This was 2014. Other pastors laughed at me and mocked me to scorn until the pandemic hit in 2020. Then he called me, David, can you consult with us on this virtual church thing? And we went, when I got married, I left Independence, Missouri on 40 Highway with 40 people on a Friday night. And we went out to California. We were invited to a TV broadcast to sit in the audience with Carmen, the musician who was being interviewed. We went and prayed for him in the green room afterward. He had recovered from cancer. Great, great man of God. And while we were there, the owner of the network walked in and the Lord had given me a prophetic word for him and I began to prophesy over him. The power of God came into that room and there were other people and I didn't realize when you're in ministry, it's, you know, you're in business, it's ABC, always be closing, right? When you're in ministry, it's ABR, always be recording. Same with the feds, you know, they have to record. But, but anyway, they flipped out these cameras and I said, can my wife sing? And she began to sing in Hebrew. The power of God fell and as we were leaving, this prophet out of Zambia comes walking up. See, God can do it in a day. And he said, man of God. And I looked, he says, the Lord has called you. And he says, you're about to step in. You're right on the edge. And began to prophesy in front of the owner of the network. And he spun around and he walked off. And the owner of the network looks at me and he says, The Lord spoke to me. You're to have your own TV broadcast on our network. And we went from 40 highway with 40 people on a Friday night. Faithful, faithful, faithful. For five years. To the super highway on satellite to 120 million homes. And now we have virtualchurchmedia.com. We have a Five-year broadcast, we were on cable, on prime time, on Sunday night, on direct TV, we were on cross TV, we're a Holy Spirit Broadcasting Network. 
And we did that for five more years. The Lord says, come off of TV. And December 31st, 2019, I canceled all my contracts. And I was happy to be free from television ministry. And here's what happened. Everybody says, why are you on prime time? Don't give up that position. My last broadcast with my wife was January 6th, 2020. 2020. They canceled the whole channel on the 17th of the month. We willingly came off. The rest of them had to go find something else to do. And we pressed into the Lord. It's so important we hear his voice and obey him. And he'll work all things together for good for those that love him. And we just got invited to go on 14 broadcasts on uh, Sid Roth. And the right time we're going to do it, finishing off my doctorate in theology right now. But God will move in an instant. And he'll give you double for your trouble as you stay single-minded in him. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to come out of agreement with any words from the enemy on hope deferred. Because I'm going to tell you something. Regardless of what you think or what you feel or what the enemy's spoken in your ear, you're his favorite. Just look at your neighbor and say, you're his favorite. Isn't that cool? Now look at yourself and say, I'm his favorite. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, I'm his favorite. I'm his favorite. Isn't that joyous? You should see the smiles on people's face. But you are his favorite. You know, he would have died for you if you were the only one. Because he had you on his mind. He's inscribed you in the palms of his hands. Amen? So there's joy, 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 joy down in our heart. So we're going to be delivered from hope deferred right away. And then God is going to give us double for our trouble. So the other thing I want to do is we're going to come out of agreement with being double-minded on that. Okay? Say, Lord. Lord. We come out of agreement. Come out of agreement. With double-mindedness. With double-mindedness. You're good. You're good. All the time. All the time. And the devil is bad. And the devil is bad. All the time. All the time. I choose to agree with God. I choose to agree with God. Who works everything together. Who works everything together. For good. In my life. In my life. Because he's good. Because he's good. And I'm called according to his purpose. And I'm called according to his purpose. And I'm his favorite. And I'm his favorite. Amen. Never received the Lord, just invite him in. He died on the cross for you 2,000 years ago. He was hung up for your hangups, your addictions. Doesn't matter what you've done. He says, I accept you just the way you are, son or daughter. But I love you way too much to leave you in your condition. I'm going to change you over time. Amen? Amen. Okay. So now you're ready to get double for your trouble? Yes. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and by the power of the Holy Ghost, I declare shift happens for you right now. Thank you, Jesus. The divine shift. The heavenlies are always shifting in your behalf to work everything together for good because you're his favorite and you're called according to his purpose. And I declare everything that looks like it was baking powder and didn't taste right. I thank you that it's now working together for good. 
and making that beautiful cake for you to celebrate. Mm. The gift of the present, the present day is the gift he's given you. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And we receive, to say I receive, I receive double for my trouble. Double for my trouble. This day. This day. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We will see you next week at virtualchurchcommunity.com online on Facebook. And also Quantum Kingdom Life. I'm David. This is my lovely wife. Joanna. Please wave, and we will see you next week. Say or everybody say goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.